0: hey everybody dr michael bruce here Uh, you know i say it every time that i'm so excited this one is a really interesting one this is an old friend of mine uh, mr hal elrod so hal is actually uh famous or infamous for starting something called the miracle morning he's on a mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time Um, He's got this amazing book. It's actually very highly rated. It's called The Miracle Morning. It's been translated into 27 languages, Have has over 2,000 five-star reviews, and is practiced daily by over half a million people in 70 different countries. Hal has an amazing story, but basically, he actually died at the age of 20. He was uh, hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour. His heart stopped for six minutes. He broke 11 bones and eventually woke from a coma to be told by doctors that he would never walk again. Not only did Hal walk, he went on to run literally 52 miles in an ultra marathon and become a Hall of Fame business achiever all before the age of 30. You're going to hear a ton about how You're going to hear about the Miracle Morning and how to use the concepts of the Miracle Morning in your daily practices. I have to be honest with you, this was really interesting, and it has a lot to do with how Hal was able to overcome depression and how sleep was a major, major factor, and he talks quite a bit about our work together on his personal sleep. So with that, I'm excited to let you listen to my interview with Hal Elrod. And Hal, welcome to the show.
1: Dr. Mike, what's going on? It's good to be here.
0: I'm so stoked to have you here, man. So uh, many of my listeners have heard about a lot of your prolific work um, out there, but there might be some people who don't know about the Miracle Morning. And I'd really love if you could bring us maybe backwards and teach us a little bit more about how did the Miracle Morning concept come about, and then tell us about this, literally this revolution that you've started uh, with people and their Miracle Mornings.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's never, never did I imagine any of what the Miracle Morning has become would it become, and and it, and it never started as a book idea. You know that it, it actually was my own desperate attempt to kind of turn my life around in 2008 um, when the U.S. economy crashed. To keep a long story short, I crashed with it. You know, I, I, I my my clients, I was a coach and I was coaching business people and virtually all of them, their income was suffering. And so they couldn't afford to pay for a coach. And so I lost over half of my income, you know, in a matter of a few months. I mean, it was really quickly, just like one after another, I kept dropping client after client, and then I couldn't pay the mortgage. You know, my house is foreclosed on by the bank, uh, which wow, do a lot of, fear and uncertainty. And, you know, and for the first time in my life, I, I really got de- depressed. It was very circumstantial depression. Like my life is falling apart. I can't pay my bills. I'm living on credit cards. I don't know what to do. And a conversation with one of my close friends, John Berghoff, um, he recommended two things. He said, Hey, I want you to listen to this one Jim Rohn audio. I said, okay. He said, and go for a run. And I go, John, I hate running. What are you talking about? He said, Hal, you're sitting at home every day, stewing in your depression and fear. You need to get blood and oxygen to your brain every day, ideally in the morning. And and that way you think clear, you have more energy, more clarity, and so on and so forth. And so I kind of reluctantly took his advice. And the next morning I went for a run, listening to this Jim Rohn audio. And it was just like a jog, like begrudgingly going, I should be at home trying to get clients. Why am I on a run? Listening to an audio, you know? And Jim Rohn said (laughs) something that, became the catalyst to for the miracle morning and that just changed my life faster than I ever thought possible. And Jim Rohn said, your level of success will and in all walks of life, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And oh. my brain, my background's in sales. And so I tend to always quantify things on like a one to 10 scale or just find a way to quantify it numerically. And so in my head, I immediately went, okay, wait a minute. So if, if, and this is true, I think for most of us, if we're measuring the success that we're striving for or that we want in every area of our life, I'm talking our relationships, our health, our energy, our happiness, our finances on a scale of one to 10, we all want level 10 success right? Of course we do. Yeah. Nobody's like, well, I don't want to be
0: too happy or I don't want too much money. Yeah. I want a seven in happiness. please. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: No, like right. that's one thing human beings we all have in common is we have this desire for life to be as good as it possibly can. So I went, okay, I want level 10 success. And then I looked at the other side of Jim Rohn's quote, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. So I went, okay, what's my level of personal development? And the way that I, that I defined that was like, you know it's 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 your mindset your habits your beliefs you right like all of the those things um and so at that time i was in i was not in a good place you know struggling financially scared depressed so i was like i'm at like a two or a three and if you think about it i think that's the disconnect for probably 95% give or take of our of our world of our society is that we all want level 10 success but our level of personal development in terms of the beliefs the mindset the habits that we have it's It's down much lower. It's two, three, four, five, and that's a disconnect. And so absolutely. In my mind, I went, I need to create a personal development ritual that will enable me to become a level ten person so that I am qualified and capable of achieving and sustaining level ten success in every single area of my life. And I ran home with this newfound like, oh, this aha, and I just started googling what, you know, what do CEOs do? What do millionaires do? What do billionaires do for their personal development? Like what are the best personal development practices, you know, known to man. And I was looking for one, like, what's the one thing I could do every day that will change my life. And as I'm reading article after article on, you know, sites like entrepreneur.com and Forbes and Oprah and Helpington post and so on and so forth, I ended up with a list of six practices. And None of them were new. These were like the most timeless practices throughout humanity that the world's most successful people had sworn by from, you know, 100 years ago to today. And I got overwhelmed. I went, well, which one's the best? Like, I I, I can't do all six, which one's the best? And the epiphany was when I went, wait a minute, what if I did all of these? What if I woke up tomorrow morning an hour earlier, which I wasn't a morning person, so that was the biggest hurdle to overcome, But I went, what if I woke up an hour earlier and I did the six most timeless proven personal development practices in the history of humanity that the world's most successful people from athletes to, you know, business success, they've sworn by for centuries. And I thought that would be the ultimate personal development ritual. And I woke up the next morning and these six practices, it was meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling. And I sucked at most of them. Like I had never really meditated before. So I was like, man, I can't clear my mind. And the affirmations, the way I was Googling them was like, they were really goofy. Like I'm amazing and I can do anything, you know? And so it all felt a little bit weird, but even doing a, you could call it a mediocre morning. Mm -hmm. I felt mediocre unstoppable. Like I, I thought if I start every day like this with this much clarity and motivation and drive and energy, it's only a matter of time before I become that level 10 person that can create the success I want. And, and to kind of wrap up this part of the story, um, it was less than two months of doing this morning practice that I more than doubled my income. And keep in mind, wow. this was 2008. The economy during those two months got worse Yet I figured out through my clarity of the morning ritual how to double my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically to committing to run a 52 mile ultra marathon. And I had never run more than a mile before. And my depression was gone in a matter of days. And I went to my wife and I said, Sweetheart, I just signed on two more clients today. I said, We are officially, we have the highest income we've ever had in our life. It's more than double what it was two months ago. I said, This morning routine is is responsible for it. It feels like a miracle. And she goes, It's your miracle morning.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Like I give her a kiss. I'm like, I love that miracle morning. So I started writing it down. And then I started teaching it to my coaching clients. And 13 out of 14 of them came back after the first call where I taught it to them. And they said, Hal, I wasn't a morning person two weeks ago. I am not only a morning person, I'm having the best, you know, two weeks in my career, in my health. And that's when the light bulb went off and I went, okay, if this miracle morning thing changed my life and I was not a morning person and it changed 13 out of 14 of my clients' lives and they were not morning people, I have a responsibility to share this with the world. And then now it's, you know, two and a half million copies later and 37 languages and all this. Like, like I said, never did I, and I self-published the book. Like I didn't even, nobody knew who I was. I didn't have a publisher. I didn't have an audience. And so, you know, we can get into whatever part of that you want, but, but that's, that's kind of how we got to this point
0: absolutely there's so many different things to unpack from that story and and really so and and also the listeners should know that when Hal and I actually um first met he reached out because he was creating a movie and we had actually slightly opposing views on the idea of waking up an hour early and what was my favorite part and is still my favorite part of my relationship with Hal is that we have awesome conversations and we can we can Disagree about things and still be awesome friends and give each other advice. And li- I listen to stuff that he uh, writes about and talks about on his podcast and in his books in The Miracle Morning. He's actually got Miracle Morning for several different types of people now, which you guys have totally got to check out. Like, think about Chicken Soup for the Soul times 10. Like, it's so much better. It's unbelievable. So, With that uh, aspect to it, you 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 got there. You figured out this miracle morning, and you started doing it. So, number one, it sounds like you still went running. So that was a new habit that you certainly picked up. How was your sleep when you when you went through that first two months?
1: Um, It was great. It it was it, it. Well, here's what was interesting. You know, I wasn't a morning person, and yet my very first miracle morning, as I was falling asleep, I felt like a kid on Christmas Eve. I was so excited to try this morning routine. And now now compare that with for six months, I was in depression to where the only, and I think if anyone's ever experienced depression, you can relate. The only comfort often, the only is the retreat of your bed. It's like, okay, the day that, Provide so much uncertainty and fear is over, and at least I get to go crawl under the cozy covers and hide. But but then we dread the morning, like oh god, then I have to wake up and do it all over again. And the miracle morning, it was like hitting the reset button, where every single night I went to bed, even about a tough day. And this is this is true, you know. I've been doing this for twelve years, um, and I've averaged over six days a week for twelve years, and. Um, but so it's still true. Every night, if I have a tough day, I don't go to bed going, "Oh my god, I got to wake up and do it all over again." I go, "I get to wake up tomorrow, and I get to meditate, and I get to go through my affirmations that remind me of who I truly am and who I'm committed to being, and in my highest truth, I get to visualize what I want, and get in that state, I get to exercise, I get to read, I get to write. Like every day, I hit the reset button, and I get to wake up not to my problems and not to my stress but to you know to my miracle morning
0: so first of all for folks out there who are listening and who have suffered from depression right this is absolutely something to start looking at as to use in conjunction with whatever therapies that you're currently dealing with or whatever healthcare providers that you're talking to this is absolutely the type of book that you can bring in talk to them about it and say hey i'd like to start adopting some of these healthful behaviors in the morning um you know but be careful, right? Because this is not necessarily like, hey, I want to jump off Prozac and start doing my you know, six things in the morning. We all want to make sure that we're safe and we're healthy. But I will tell you, this is fascinating when it comes to depression. And an addition of these six habits an hour earlier in the morning absolutely positively can be helpful. Now, I want to talk about this idea of getting up an hour earlier. Um, because one of the things that you and I finally came to the conclusion of, which was it's just an hour Early, it doesn't necessarily have to be at 4am, no. right? It, it, right? It can be whatever your slightly earlier time is. And we both ended up agreeing that because of these things called chronotypes, where some people are early birds and some people are night owls, sometimes it might be easier at certain times than at others um, to, to perform these six different habits. And so I think that's also something that's important for folks who are listening to understand. So if you're a wolf chronotype like me, Um, then you may not be getting up an hour earlier, but you might be getting up a little bit earlier, maybe a half an hour earlier than your chronotypical wake-up time. And that's just fine. Yeah, a lot of people do a
1: 30-minute miracle morning. And in the book, there's even a chapter called the six-minute miracle morning, which I don't recommend that as like your daily because you can't go very deep. But it was kind of, we have this all or nothing mindset very often where it's like, well, I wanted to go to the gym for an hour, but I've only got 40 minutes, so I won't go at all. I found myself, when I was doing my miracle morning in those first, you know, early months that I would have that I'd go, well, I like the full hour. So if I can't do it, if, you know, if I've only got half an hour, I'm not going to do it. And then one day I woke up and I go, I re- I just became aware of that, that mindset that I had this all or nothing mindset. And I go, I'm going to try, I'm, I, I, I go, I got about 15 minutes, you know, I'm all dressed, ready to go. I got 15 minutes. So I got to leave. I'm going to just try a six minute miracle morning. I'm going to be, I'm going to do one minute of silence. One minute of just breathing and meditation. I'm going to pull out my affirmations and I'm going to read them for a minute, right? And just do a minute each. And I went through these six practices and just one minute each, but one minute of jumping jacks, got my heart rate up, right? One minute of reading, read a page, learned something new, one minute of writing what I was grateful for. And it was amazing that in one tenth of the time that I was used to, I'd say I got 70 to 80% of the benefit. I still felt calm and clear and focused and motivated, right? And I went, wow, there aren't too many things that you could do one-tenth of the time. You know, you you probably can't work out one-tenth of your normal workout and get 80% of of the benefit. But the Miracle Morning is very customizable. A lot of people do a 30-minute version. Most do Mm -hmm. a 60-minute. But, you know, yeah, it's whatever works for you.
0: Well, and that's what I love is that you can personalize it to yourself. So that's important. You can change, you can put whatever time you want. Although I will tell you that starting off your day, doing these activities is really a great way to start off your day because I've tried it a couple of times now. um, So I I had to experiment with it. Uh, Um, And here's what I end up doing. I have a Wim Hof breathing that I do for 11 minutes in the morning. I have an affirmation that I read from a book called, um, where is it? Oh, it's right here in front of me. (laughs) It's called The Daily Stoic. Nice. If you're familiar with that, yep. it's all about- Ryan Holiday. St- yeah, yeah. It's all about stoicism. Then at the end of our, I, I do a breathing, I do breath work with a group of men every morning online. And at the end, we do heart-centered um, uh, gratitude. Nice. And so we think about what are we grateful for today and what do we appreciate uh, today? And it was really interesting was this morning during our affirmation, one of the gentlemen said, is it okay to appreciate yourself? and the answer was 100%. Heck yeah, yes. Yeah. That's that's the ultimate yep. appreciation is to learn how to love and appreciate ourselves. And so having that in the mornings helps set my intent for the day in a in a really um thoughtful uh and particular way and um I've been discovering over the course of time that um you're right. Jim Jim Roan was 100% correct is you will never succeed more than the success that you get in your personal growth. I yep. 100% I'd never heard that quote before, but I 100% believe it. So when, w- how did you adopt this to so many different areas? I mean, did people start coming up to you saying, Hey, I want to do miracle morning for this kind of person or that kind of person, or was that the intent?
1: No, uh, you know, it's, this whole movement has been so organic from, like I said, it was never a book idea, you know, on and on, but it was actually a friend of mine. Um, well, let me say this. The the miracle morning is so universal. That's what I've found. You know, most, you know, like authors go, well, you gotta find the niche and then go deep into the niche, right? And I'm I wrote the most broad book. It's like everybody wakes up early and how you start your day sets the tone and the context for how you live your day. And if you win the morning, you win the day kind of thing. So it was very universal. And we've, you know, we have people that do the miracle morning that are in high school, that are in college, our average avatar, I would say, is they, you know, probably. 35 to 50 year old male or woman. It's about 55, 45 women to men. I mean, it's it's right. It's just right down the middle. So the point though, to your specific question in terms of the book series and, and how it's re- branched out, one of my personal friends and former colleagues, Ryan Snow, who's a real estate uh, trainer, um, or sorry, sales trainer, mostly in the real estate industry. But he approached me and said, Hal, this was probably, I mean, I don't know, six months after the book came out. He said, Hal, I don't know if you thought about doing a series, but I've, I've given the miracle morning to every, it's part of our, my, what I give to our sales teams now. And every single person that adopts it, their sales increase. He said, it's, it's, it's like clockwork. He said, if you thought about doing like a custom miracle morning for salespeople, where you customize affirmations and, you know, different processes for the salespeople. And I said, it's, it's crossed my mind, like doing a book series, but you, I don't know. Sure. You want to co-author it with me? And, uh, and so, we ended up co-authoring that book and then it turned into, we've got about a dozen books in the series now, The Miracle Morning for salespeople, for college students, for couples, for real estate agents, for parents and families, for writers, um, for network marketers, you know, on and on and on. And um, yeah, and there's, so, there's about a dozen books in the series and I, you know, you mentioned Chicken Soup for the Soul. I ended up uh, reaching out to a couple of my friends that have written books in that series Sure, And ask them, hey, what did you like about being a co-author and what did you not like about being a co-author? And I found out the pros and cons before we started our series and really baked that in so that, um, you know, b- the co-authors were happy and, and the readers were happy. And it, so far, the book series has, it's like 4.8 out of 5 stars across all 12 of those books. That's the average. So it's, wow. you know, it's, it's turned out to, to be really well-received
0: and so you have co-authors with each one of those or did you write each one of those
1: so we found i found a co-auth- co-authors for each one and they're basically experts in their space so for example i wrote the miracle morning for entrepreneurs with cameron harold um and right and so cameron you know he's the founder of coo alliance and he works you know very well respected in the entrepreneurial world so basically the first 3 three to four chapters of each book in the series summarizes the original book, but is customized and catered to the niche that's reading it. And then the next six chapters are completely fresh new content from my co-author in that niche. And so that was a formula that was, took a lot of massaging to figure out because my biggest fear, my biggest like insecurity when I was writing the series is, how do I, how do I make sure there's enough of the original book in here that if, if someone's never read it, they will actually change their behavior right. and implement the miracle morning but how do i make it new enough to where <laughs> they don't go this is just Fresh. rip off of the original so we found right. this really nice balance that i think yeah has worked worked well
0: Well, it's certainly amazing. And with all the different titles, there's a lot of different things that people can learn about. Um, The Miracle Morning itself, though, is still around and available. Did you write a second one or is it still the original one?
1: It's still the original. The original has still, the the original just surpassed two and a half million copies sold in just the original. That's not even the series book. So the original still sells more than any of the you know any of the others, so yeah,
0: absolutely amazing. So I know that there was a point in time in your life, not too uh, not too far in your past, where you were actually having some difficulties um, with sleep, and um, you had expressed to me before we started that you were willing to to tell people a little bit about uh, that experience. Would you like to maybe open up a little bit and tell us about what was going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I ended up. Uh, about three and a half years ago, I was hospitalized. I was having trouble breathing and they found Mm -hmm. out my, my left lung was collapsed. It was full of fluid and they had to drain it. And, uh, and then over the next week and a half, every other day, my lung refilled with fluid and I had to go to the ER and have it drained. And then I ended up, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And they turned, it turned out I, my lungs, not only my lung was collapsed, my kidneys were failing and my heart was on the verge of failing. And so I was rushed to a special so a hospital where they drained my heart of fluid and this and that. And turned out uh, I was diagnosed with a very rare aggressive form of cancer, uh, which is acute lymphoblastic leukemia. So it's a blood cancer. Mm. And the bad part about that is that the survival rate for that particular cancer is twenty to thirty percent. So mm. you know the other side of that coin is a seventy to eighty percent chance I was going to die. And so it was a really really challenging time. And I wanted to approach it holistically. Um, you know, I wanted to build my body up and I didn't want to do chemotherapy. And because of the cancer, it was so aggressive. It was like the doctors gave me about a week to live um, if I didn't start chemo. And I thought that was like a kind of a threat, you know, like, a you know, trying to you know, get me to, to follow their, their protocol. And, but we went home and Googled it and it went, Oh, this is real. That's why I went from, I was right. healthy a week ago. And now my kidneys, my lungs and my heart's failing. And if I don't do something really drastic, like it's not the kind of cancer that you can change your diet and see how it works and then play with right. it. You know, it's pretty much where you've got a few weeks to, you know, figure it out. Yeah. So, Uh, I had been on chemo for three, uh, about three years. And the chemo started taking a major effect on my brain. My cognitive function started to decline where I couldn't think straight. I couldn't remember things. I couldn't, and and then it turned into sleeplessness. And I started, uh, I, I went into where I developed an anxiety that I had never had before, a real deep depression, like lost the will to live. And then to exacerbate that on top of the chemo and all that, I started sleeping two to four hours a night and I was sleeping two to four hours a night for about four months. And so when you already, you have anxiety and then you're sleeping two to four hours a night right now, you're hallucinating. I mean, it was, I was at the, I was, I was at the lowest point in my life and uh, you, you know, you're in the miracle morning movie. And, uh, and you know, when you're at that, (laughs) when you're depressed and you have anxiety and you have fear and you're not sleeping, you're not thinking clearly anyway. Right. So it was. Akira Chan, who edited the movie. I love Akira' he said, hey, he's a good. Friend. Why don't you reach out to the sleep doctor who you know is in the movie he's this he's the guy, right? Michael's the expert, and I was like, God, why didn't I think of that? you know And so I finally reached out to you and uh, you were gracious, you know, I was like, hey, what's this gonna cost? And uh, you're like, you just you took care of me and um we had regular calls and uh, I implemented, you know, different practices that you gave me. I took some natural supplements. I said, look, I don't want to take, you know, chemical based melatonin. You said, Hey, here's one made from, you know, organic grass. And I'm like, amazing. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And so that with your help, uh, you know, within a matter of weeks, I was able to start to get my sleep back to normal and or, or more normal. And then now I'm happy to report. We haven't talked in a while because we haven't needed to. I I'm sleeping, you know, seven hours a night, eight hours a night uh, without amazing. an alarm clock. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm back to, Pretty back to normal. So, thank you so much for uh, for your support,
0: dude. It's absolutely my pleasure. It's always great to tell a good story, yeah, <laughs> on a yeah. podcast good for success sure. Success story, sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, it's uh, and, and you know, for people out there who are listening, you know, it's this is the type of thing that is dramatically important is you know you explain that you you became very sleepless you know and then that depression worsened and then you became more sleepless and that depression worsened and it's it's this very difficult spiral that starts happening and you know it's very interesting so number 1 I'm really thrilled that you've been so open about your depression and and what it the toll that it has taken in your life and I have to tell you I'm so impressed by your your courage Because dude, it takes some fucking courage to do that, right? And to figure that out. And on top of all of it, to make a difference in so many people's lives. You know, it's pretty amazing, you know, when you get an opportunity to spread an idea that's straightforward, simple, and something that that's repeatable that people can do and is so effective. You know, it kind of reminds me of sleep, (laughs) you know, in certain ways. And so I just want to say thank you for putting it all out there. It's been really interesting to see. And I think a lot of people are excited about it. And by the way, you've got a new movie coming out. You've got to tell everybody about this movie and sort of the journey that it started and then the journey that it ended up.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is a it's pretty incredible. Like the the movie is a whole world of its own. Um, So the way this came about, uh, about six years ago, I think it was 2014. One of my good friends, Nick Conadera, who is a filmmaker was over at my house and we were talking about his next project. And I was giving him all these ideas. I'm like, dude, you should do a documentary. Like you're passionate about a lot of subjects. And I I started asking him, what are you passionate about? And he's like, you know, helping millennials and money and And I'm like, dude, what about this? So we're going on and on. And, uh, and then he goes, wait a minute. Why don't we do a, documentary on the miracle morning movement that's happening. And I, I go, Oh yeah. 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 Scratch oh, yeah. all those other ideas, you know? <laughs> and then I go, what, what do you, what are you thinking? And he said, well, I'm in the Facebook group. So we have a, the miracle morning community, the, the, the kind of the meeting place right now is the miracle morning Facebook group and um, the miracle morning community Facebook group. There are 280,000 members in that group from over a hundred countries. And back then there was wow. probably maybe 50,000 people, a hundred. I don't know the exact number, but, but his point was, he said, Hal, I'm in the, in the Facebook group. He said, I see stories in there that are mind blowing. You know, on um, this one guy, he said, uh, j- just lost 90 pounds. His first six months of the miracle morning after being obese, his whole life, nothing ever worked. He discovered the miracle morning. And he says, that's how he lost 90 pounds. He goes, that's he goes, that's amazing. And then that's he said, and and one of the most common things that we see, Michael, and there's multiple stories in the movie of this, but are people overcoming depression? That is one of the most common things that we see. Um, and also getting off of their medication. And I don't obviously, I don't, I don't, I'm never saying right. get off, replace, da da, da but I, I'm I'm not, you know, that's a fact. I'm that's we hear that story a lot. And right. so um the point is. He said, why don't we, what if we were to show your journey of trying to change millions of lives one morning at a time? And he said, but let's, let's interview, you know, half a dozen people in the movie and, or I mean, I'm sorry, in the community and show right. how they went from depressed to happy or overweight to not, you know, or having a dream of starting a business to now they're running a million dollar business. He goes, let's show these amazing stories from ordinary to extraordinary. And then it, it, it'll help other people see how they can do it. And so I said, I love this idea. Like, I'm so busy though, maybe next year, you know, like, like circle back. And Nick is the kind of guy that once he gets an idea in his head, he doesn't stop. So he's (laughs) texting me every day. Hey, when are we doing the movie? He's pinging me and I'm just kind of blowing him off. And he called (laughs) me one day and he said, Hal, what's your mission in life with the miracle morning? And, And he knew what it is. I said, it's to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time. I said, Why? He said, what percentage of humanity reads self-help books? And I Very go, yeah, low. yeah, gosh, 1% <laughs> maybe, you know, or two, maybe. I don't even know. It's, it's pretty low, less than five for sure. And, uh, and I kind of got where he was going, but he said, what percentage watch television, movies, whatever? And I kind of in general said, yeah, the other 95%. And right. I go, we're making a movie. And his point was, Hal, if you want to elevate the consciousness of humanity you can't have a, a medium in the form of a book that only reaches less than 5%. You've got, to, you've got to give it to deliver it in a way where the majority can absorb it and receive it and so on and so forth. So we started the movie and my idea, I go, hey, I have an idea. I had just been interviewed by Robert Kiyosaki and Robert Kiyosaki, who mm-hmm. wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, he's yep. pretty famous, pretty well known. He loves The Miracle Morning. Like he, he reached out because he was doing it. He had read the book three times. And so- wow. I said, I think Robert, I, I think he would be in the movie if we asked him, we could interview him. And if he, we could get Robert in the movie, we could get other influencers in the movie. So long story short, the original vision for the movie was to show this journey of trying to change millions of lives, teach people the miracle morning, show stories of people that had overcome their challenges and achieved amazing results, and show the morning rituals of some of the world's most successful people. And so we filmed that, and we were about two years into the movie when I was diagnosed with cancer. And, I ca- and it was coming along great. I loved where the film was becoming. But I called Nick and I said, hey, Nick, you'll never be- – I was in my hospital bed, about to start chemo. I said, mm-hmm. you'll never believe this. I have this cancer. It's, 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 a, it's a really aggressive one. The odds aren't very good. I've got to focus all my energy on healing for my family. You know, my daughter was seven. My son was four. Like, that was all I cared about, of course. I said, the movie's on hold until further notice. And Nick was there as a friend for me, but then he called me back later that day. He said, Hal, hey, I know this. Yeah, you know, he goes, I don't know how this is going to land with you, but the I would love to come film your cancer journey. And I was like, what? What? He said, look, you're going to beat this. I have no doubt in my mind, and this is part of your story. He goes, I want to film how you're going you're gonna to continue changing millions of lives, even though you're going through this difficult time. And so it took a lot of kind of convincing, but he ended up filming the cancer journey. I mean, at my most intimate, like I'm in, I'm on pain management, I'm bald, I'm, I'm, I'm skinny. I'm, you know, I'm on chemo and he's there the whole way. And I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm in tears. I mean, he captured the most intimate, raw, Mm. vulnerable moments and including the day that I rang the bell after I finished my last chemo treatment was cancer-free. And what the film has now become is so much more powerful for people in that the first hour is what we originally intended. It's gonna show you the morning routines of the world's most successful people. It's gonna show you the science behind morning routines and sleep from Dr. Michael Bruce, from (laughs) neuroscientist Dr. Andrew Hill. But the final 30 minutes of the movie, it takes this dramatic turn and it is going to show everyone that no matter what you're going through in your life right now or at any given time, you are in control of your mindset. You are in control of how you think, how you feel, what you do, and how you experience life. And for me, I, I think that's the ultimate freedom to be able to Absolutely. be in control and choose how you experience every aspect of life. And even in the, midst of the most challenging times, you can be the happiest, the most grateful, the most sincere you could ever be. You can help people, so on and so forth. And so, yeah, sorry, I'm getting excited, but that's kind of what the <laughs> Miracle Morning uh, movie has become. And we're doing this live online world premiere, so I, when, you know, I can tell you all the details.
0: Tell me all the details, I want everybody there.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah. We, we were doing a theater release in, in June of 2020. That was the plan. We were, we were gearing up for 250 theaters and everyone could guess why that didn't happen. Uh, right. COVID hit and theaters were shut down. And so uh, now we're doing a live online world premiere on 12-12-2020, December 12th. 12-12-2020 uh, is the eight-year anniversary of the book release. Mm -hmm. and uh, we've already got 2,000 people that are signed up to join, you know, and we're we're, we're shooting for 100,000 people. But the beauty of this is we have Miracle Morning practitioners in over 100 countries. And if we did it in the United States in theaters, we would have missed out on, you know, a large percentage of people. And now everybody can watch it. And so it's going to start at 12 p.m. Eastern on 12-12-2020, but there's a 72-hour viewing window. So, you know, if you can't be there right when it starts, you'll have 72 hours to view it. And then you also will actually get the digital download of the movie. So you'll be able to own it forever, share it with friends and family. And we're doing something really special at the live premiere. It's like an experience where you'll watch the hour and 40 minute movie together with us um, it's immediately followed by a brand new Miracle Morning implementation training that I just recorded the other day so that it's like, okay, I watched this movie, I'm inspired, here's step one, step two, step three, here's what you do tomorrow to get started. Then it'll be open to a live Q&A with me and the film team so you can ask me anything that you want and then you'll leave with a brand new 30, Miracle Morning 30-day challenge to support you to make this a habit that sticks in your life.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And where where's the premiere going to be?
1: Uh so miraclemorningmovie.com you- is where you can go reserve okay. your seat. Well, watch the trailer, by the way. I think once you watch the trailer, you'll yeah, get the an idea. Awesome. It brings together everything or brings to life everything I just said. But yeah, miraclemorningmovie.com. And then um uh and then yeah, we'll watch it online. So stream it online, stream it on your TV, Perfect. whatever you want to do.
0: All right, so everybody heard that. And we'll announce it again. We'll put it in the show notes. And then we'll email about it also to everybody so that they know about it ahead of time. That's my mom's birthday, actually. Is it really? Yeah, it's kind of funny. It was meant Um, to be. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. So... So first of all, Hal, thank you for what you're doing. And I don't think anybody who started listening to this podcast had any idea what this was really going to be about. But this, was, this is a survivor story, right? This is, a, this is not just a survivor story. It's a success story, right? In many, many ways. So thank you for your courage. Thank you for your story. Um, and thank you for honoring sleep and understanding where it is in your life and why. It is so important. Thanks again.
1: Yeah, you are welcome, Michael. And and thank you for the work that you do and how you've helped me. And, and thanks for starting in the Miracle Morning movie, man. It's uh it's an honor to have you.
0: So when I asked Hal to uh, do the interview for the podcast, I honestly thought we were really going to be talking just about mornings and how to make a morning better and what are the six things that he learned uh, that he wanted to do in the mornings to uh, to give himself more focus and to give himself more presence in the morning. And what we got was a truly courageous story of, of a man who has done everything he can to fight Uh, In ways that I think most of us might not have. I mean, hit on head collision with a drunk driver, um, cancer diagnosis, and yet he's still persevering and prevailing. And this is a story of hope. This is a story of courage. And this is a story of better sleep and how you can utilize your mornings to become a better person. I love the quote from Jim Rohn that you will only be as successful as your most successful area of personal growth. And I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense to me, and I hope that it does to you as well. So today I decided to do something a little bit different with the mailbag instead of doing three different questions. I had one question that I wanted to do a deep dive on and it had to do with foods that you can add to your diet for better sleep and stronger uh, workouts. So I've been doing some digging around, and there was a great article in Bicycling Magazine that I think did a really good job of talking through some of these ideas. The first one that they talked about were beans. And so this is not something that typically I've been recommending, and so I did a little digging, and what I discovered um, that there's been some research done in the Journal of Clinical Medicine that discovered that um, eating a diet rich in dietary fiber may help us spend more time in slow-wave sleep. Remember, slow-wave sleep is that physical restoration. Um, In contrast, researchers found that when people eat less fiber and more saturated fat, they spent less time in slow-wave sleep and were prone to more sleep-disturbing arousals. So what does that mean? Well, that could mean that if you're a keto or a paleo person, you really need to make sure that you're getting in that that good fiber, right? Because a lot of people who are on those diets may or may not be able to get all of the fiber in that they're looking for, and that could have a lot to do with it. You don't have to eat beans, of course. It could be lentils, it could be vegetables, some fruits or whole grains, but really increasing the fiber side can definitely help with slow-wave sleep. Another kind of fun one uh, that you've heard me talk about and even blog about before are tart cherries. So it turns out that tart cherries, uh, specifically, I believe they're called Montserrat Tart cherries from a particular place in Wisconsin. If you want to check it out, go to choosecherries.com. It's a great website. I've got all kinds of great information there. But it turns out that tart cherries have a tremendous amount of natural melatonin in them, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, Now, there's there's been one study that showed that if you drink a glass of tart cherry juice in the morning and a glass at night, that it can definitely be helpful for sleep. Um, But again, just kind of understanding what's going on could be interesting. Um, There's a lot of different recipes out there for tart cherry. Um, smoothies and things like that. So you should definitely check it out. Now, another thing that I've talked about before is salmon. And we know that salmon actually works out really, really well because of all of the uh, dynamic duo, as they call it, of vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids. So there was a great study in scientific reports that found that children who eat fish at least once a week sleep better than those who consume fish less frequently or not at all. Now, look, we're going into the winter months, and a lot of people don't necessarily think about fish um, in those winter months, but this is a great way to lower inflammation, Um, and there's been a study that linked higher blood levels of DHA, that's one of the omega-3s present, uh, with increased sleep duration in adolescents as well as adults. So you've heard me talk about salmon before. See if you can put salmon or a high omega-3 fatty acid fish into your diet. Now, I wrote a blog about kiwi a long time ago, but there's actually some interesting data that's discovered that kiwi, um, believe it or not, eating two kiwi fruits an hour before bed for a month helped people who were struggling with sleep problems improve sleep onset and maintain a a better slumber. Um, Now, how does this work? Well, we think it has to do with sky-high levels of vitamin C, and we also know that it increases serotonin. And remember, serotonin is that calming, soothing hormone that helps you fall asleep. Now, this one was a surprise to me. It was, believe it or not, sesame seeds. I had never heard about that one, so I decided to look into it a little bit more. So it turns out that sesame seeds are actually loaded with tryptophan. Um, So they're one of the better sources of this amino acid, which remember we use tryptophan to synthesize serotonin and melatonin, two hormones that are vital for regulating sleep patterns. So for an end of the day, tryptophan hit. If you wanted to sprinkle some sesame seeds on your salad, in your soup, or toss them on top of your vegetables for dinner, this could absolutely positively be helpful. Don't worry. It doesn't have to be sesame seeds if that's not your deal. Pumpkin chia seeds, um, even uh, soybeans can be helpful. And then this was the big one that I had never heard of before that I also thought was interesting, sweet potatoes. So I'm a huge fan of sweet potatoes. I actually like them better than regular potatoes. Um, but there was a study by scientists in Brazil, and they found that a carbohydrate-rich meal at night may help increase sleep duration. So it appears that the carbs, uh, items like sweet potatoes, can help shuttle the amino acid tryptophan to the brain, where it's used to make the calming compound serotonin to encourage better sleep. Another good reason is is it's full of vitamin B6, which is a nutrient that can actually um, help with the conversion of tryptophan to serotonin. So once again, this was an excellent article in Bicycling Magazine, uh, identifying several different foods that can be super healthy for sleep. So when you're thinking about um, food and you're thinking about your evening meals, see if you can make it a sleep-friendly one. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you know anyone or think you might have a fascinating sleep story to share or maybe make a tremendous guest, please send me an email at drbruce at thesleepdoctor.com. That's D-R-B-R-E-U-S at thesleepdoctor.com. If you want more information, feel free to visit my website at thesleepdoctor.com. I hope you learned something new to help you live better and sleep better. Until next time, sweet dreams.